Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One, two, three, four. Filled with odd fright. Jurassic right in ember light See Jurassic right See Jurassic right 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 See Jurassic right 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 See Jurassic right 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 See Jurassic right See Jurassic right See Jurassic Park Hey everyone, Stephen Ray Morris here, and welcome to See Jurassic Right. It's our first episode of 2022, which is, well, it's not a live reaction. It's actually a breakdown and in-depth analysis, I'm saying it's in-depth analysis, to the Jurassic World Dominion trailer. Better late than never, but I am going to try something really different here. I think in the past, I've usually just like watched the trailer reacted, made notes. Definitely I I back in 2015 I actually filmed my reaction to the Jurassic World. No, back in 2014 I filmed my reaction to the Jurassic World trailer. I didn't do it for Fallen Kingdom. I don't know, I just don't think I'm that interesting when I'm reacting in the moment. Definitely would have been tears 
for this trailer. I mean, if that gives you any <laughs> indication of how I felt. And yeah, I mean, welcome back first. Just a little, I guess, a little introduction where we've been. It's been a, a very chaotic uh, few months for me, but I'm in a new place. And actually, the first podcast I recorded in here was Jurassic Park related. Wasn't see Jurassic, right? But I was a guest on the Jurassic Park podcast, which I've been a guest a couple of times. But this is my second time being a guest for the Jurassic Park book club, which is hosted by Ben Jurassic Site B. We talked about the middle portion of the Lost World novel. And as always, it's such a joy to talk to him. So I'll put a link to that episode so you can listen to it. But yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm still building the pod closet. I've got some dinosaurs above me. I got the Lost World trailers, you know. Other, uh, some cats, some Garfields, Okapis, all that good stuff. But yes, I am, I am so excited to dive into the Dominion trailer. Again, it's, it's been a very, yeah, it's been a very chaotic time, but I mean, look, chaos theory, life finds a way. So, you know, appropriate, but yeah, this is truly, yeah, it's been, a, it's been, it's been, sorry, it's been a lot, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to dive into it today. So yeah, I mean, without much, um, hubbub, we'll dive into that in a second. And then closer to the end of the episode, I will also dive into some of the Lego sets and things like that, because, um, I got a chance to take a look at, um, the Jurassic World Dominion Lego sets, the upcoming ones, at least the first wave or whatever it's called. And yeah, I'm very pleased because as somebody who loves Lego and who got back into Lego during the pandemic, I was always a little unimpressed with Legos, excuse me, with, well, I guess Legos, they're not plural Legos, it's Lego, the company ownership. Anyway, uh, I've always been a little unimpressed by Legos uh, Jurassic offerings, but the Dominion ones I'm actually very excited about for some reason. Just the, the, the variety and the kind of things and stuff just seem really cool. So, and that actually helps a little bit with my analysis as well. And yeah, just, I mean, and then I watched Emily Carmichael, who is the co-screenwriter of Jurassic World Dominion. She filmed herself doing a reaction video. So I watched that as well too. And I have some thoughts, but in general, I didn't actually look or read anybody's you know, in-depth reactions and things like that. I try not to do that before I, so it doesn't affect my analysis, but now it just means that once I record this, I'm going to have all this stuff to dive into and hopefully I'll be able to do a follow-up episode, maybe with people's questions and things like that, or, you know, any, any of those burning things. Cause the trailer gives us like a lot, like in terms of like emotional satisfaction. And I think of like where I kind of expected the film to pick up, but differently in different ways and stuff. But emotionally, I felt so satisfied by this trailer. And obviously, you know, we're going to break this. I So again, the thing which I mentioned that I don't normally do, I basically picked uh, around 118 specific shots from the trailer to go into. And so, yeah, I'm really just going to dive deep. And, you know, I think we're just going to go, you know, essentially frame by frame. And, you know, some frames tell more stories than others. But in general, just going to want to think about the vibe, where Owen and Claire are, where Ellie and Alan are, where Malcolm is, and some of new characters. Oh, well, and Macy as well, but in Wu. Um, and really, our only new character we got a glimpse of in this trailer was Kayla Watts, as played by Dewanda Wise. And that name was revealed, I think, in the Lego set that recently came out. 
And, but yeah, I mean, and, and then also John Hammond's VO. Uh, but yeah, in general, we don't see too many new characters. Deach and Lockman, Scott Hayes, Campbell Scott's Dotson. And interesting to me, oh, and Mamadou Athi also with all those people. We also didn't get a look at either Daniela Panita and Justice Smith's uh, Zia and Franklin. We didn't see Barry either, Omar Sy. So there's still an end also to me, a noticeably or a conspicuously absent um, Claire, too. So I'm wondering, I mean, she gets some great moments in the trailer, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. And also, I mean, I'm also wearing a directed by Bryce Dallas Howard t-shirt as we're doing this. But um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that Claire was not as much in the trailer as, say, Owen or the original trio. So I just find that very fascinating. And yeah, we'll dive into it as we dive more into it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's take a quick break and then come back and let's get into this trailer. So yeah, before we dive into the trailer just a little bit, I wanted to, yeah, again, I am such a night owl. I'm I got a lot of sleep this weekend, so for some reason I'm up late now. I, I was weirdly kind of nervous about doing this just because it's been a while since I've recorded something solo. And yeah, when the trailer dropped on February 10th, I happened to be up late that night. I, I kind of speculated that the trailer was going to come out around Super Bowl Sunday just because there's always been at least like a cut down or, and there was a TV spot actually for the Super Bowl, but I don't believe anything was different from my memory. If there was something different, let me know, but I, I, and I'll go back and watch it. But I think for this, I'm just going to focus on the original trailer that was released because yeah, for the last two films, the trailer was released basically the fall before and then around Super Bowl is when there's sort of a trailer two or like a cut down or things like that. And obviously for Dominion's release, everything's been a little wonkier and different just because the film was pushed back a year due to the pandemic. And then in the fall, we got the prologue to Dominion, which was the, you know, going back 65 million years and then, you know, having the smash cut and going to modern day with Rexy rampaging the movie theater. So I have an episode about that. Uh, I think a couple, um, I think I first reactions and then have another breakdown of it. But yeah, go back and, and listen to those. But yeah, this was just like for it to come before Super Bowl. Like it was just like, oh my gosh, it's finally here. It's just been this thing that we've all been waiting for. And you know, the reaction in general has been so positive. And a thing that I think about, and this will probably be the last thing before we go into the analysis. And the thing that I think about a lot is that Jurassic Park is obviously a very beloved movie. It's considered a classic. And, you know, for the most part, being in the community means that you have this one great film with a string of sequels. And, you know, that's not to, to put anyone down or anything, but, you know, just in general, if you're thinking about the perception of the Jurassic franchise, it's always bummed me out a little bit that the mainstream or the like geek cool community or whatever has always kind of looked down on the Jurassic franchise, you know, with Jurassic World, I really loved, but, you know, you know, in retrospect, I have some reservations about, I adore Fallen Kingdom. I see some of the problems now, but I still think it really like reinvigorated the franchise and brought a lot of new fresh ideas. And watching this trailer, I think I'm just so hit and, and like I said, so emotionally satisfied by it is because it feels like, and, and this is how I thought about Fallen Kingdom as well, too, where I remember seeing 
the Brachiosaurus scene, you know, where it's left on the dock and gets swallowed up by the the smoke from the volcano. And I remember being in the theater, my childhood theater. I went I went down to my childhood theater and the theater that I saw Jurassic Park, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3. I saw them when I was growing up. And then my dad and I went and saw Fallen Kingdom in that theater. And when the Brachiosaurus scene was happening, I remember like turning to my right and like just seeing like a normal dad, you know, and his kids and stuff. And like, he's moved to tears by the Brachiosaurus dying. And it just made me be like, yes, there are great stories to be told with dinosaurs. And watching this trailer, it's like it's something either with the music and, and bringing back the original cast in this kind of way. But it really lent itself to like gravitas, if that's a word. And obviously, like, who cares? Whatever. We like what we like. How we like things is more interesting than, you know, taste or respect or a good movie versus a bad movie or whatever. But, you know, like it's when we're enjoying things, it's nice to like everyone enjoy them, you know, in that sense where it's not it doesn't feel like this combative thing of like because, you know, you never want that. Like, I think, uh, you know, I, I've talked a lot about just, you know, it's not about liking or disliking things. It's just about creating a safe space where we all can feel free to share our opinions of that being judged. And so all that's going on in my head and like just watching this trailer is just like, <laughs> I mean, to quote Malcolm, God damn it. You did it. You crazy son of a bitch. You did it. Like, that's how I felt like watching this trailer. I like just my heart goes out to all the team who cut this trailer and Emily and Colin, like Frank, like the whole team, like this was, it was just such a delight and like, it just like I feel so good going into Dominion and obviously trailers like, you know, typically they're cut by outside companies. The director maybe has some input, but not really. Uh, but like to me, this is like the kind of trailer I would cut to what they're saying is a conclusion to an era that if this is six Jurassic Park movies, Jurassic World movies, this trailer gives me the impression that it is going to wrap up this whole thing in like a nice bow, obviously leave a little room for future sequels and stuff, but like it's going to give it the type of gravitas that I think like Jurassic fans have wanted when we look at say an Avengers end game or, you know, a uh, rogue one or something like that. Like, you know, just like a th where it feels like the whole legacy is taken into consideration. It's not just a sequel to Jurassic park. Like this is a sequel to everything. And it, and it really like, connects everything together in a way that, you know, feels like mm, they did it, you know? So anyway, <laughs> well, that, that went a little longer than I expected, but anyway, that's just, that was just kind of my thoughts going in and out of the trailer, but let's get into the analysis. Let's get into clues where everyone is. It's been, you know, I think it says, I think um, there was some press release. I think it said like three or four years since the events of fallen kingdom and battle of big rock, obviously, but let's take a quick break and get back into the analysis. All right. And we're back. And I mean, <laughs> let's I mean, we're going to go frame by frame, basically. So, uh, you know, I printed it all out. I'm sorry. I'm going to plant some trees, I promise. But this just visually, like, especially as an editor, I need to have notes like even a second monitor doesn't work for me anyway. And it just looks pretty all nice and printed out in black and white. So, uh, yeah, we open the trailer in the snow. I mean, I, I really love that they're not 
hiding this. I think I really like that they're not shying away from like, like this, you know, if Fallen Kingdom was about getting off the island, th- this trailer really sold. I think it sold me and like, because to me, it's one of those things like dinosaurs didn't just exist in the jungle. Like the, you know, the, when we think about the Cretaceous and the, and the Jurassic and the Triassic, like it wasn't just jungle. And so I really appreciate them going like whole hog on, I mean, showing as little jungle as possible kind of in this trailer. So in a way that I I hope is satisfying to Jurassic fans who really love the jungle element. I mean, obviously I love the jungle element, but like, you know, I mean, there's a reason why we love Lost World and the sort of, um, uh, you know, the sequoia-ness of it all or whatever. So I, I love that this trailer opens on snow. And I think like, uh, as somebody who loves the Parasaurolophus, it's my favorite dinosaur. If I'm like not talking to a dinosaur person, basically, you know, it's my favorite dinosaur from Jurassic Park. Um, obviously, Shenosaurus is my favorite dinosaur. It is a, a sauropod that has a club on its tail, like an ankylosaurus. It's very cool. Anyway, but the Parasaurolophus, I think, has been the unsung hero of the Jurassic franchise. Other than the T-Rex and the Velociraptor, the Parasaurolophus has basically been in every single Jurassic feature and short because it was also in the actually was it in the Dominion prologue? That's a good question. I can't think of I can't think of it on the top of my head right now, but uh, you know, is in Battle of Big Rock in the end credits, and it's been in every Jurassic movie. And so, besides, you know, first we get a g- glimpse of the snow. It looks like the Rockies or something like that. You know, obviously that's reinforced by the sort of cowboy imagery we're getting here of of Owen, you know, on the range, <laughs> and you know he's gonna wrangle up some Parasaurolophuses. And so, there's a lot of interesting things happening just in this first kind of vignette, which is. The Parasaurolophuses look very different from the Jurassic ones, from either, you know, their Camp Cretaceous glow-in-the-dark renditions, or the Jurassic Park ones, or the sort of Lost World ones that have kind of been the main design of InGen's Parasaurolophusi, Parasaurolophuses. So it's like, okay, we're in the snow. Owen's, like, you know, wrangling up some Parasaurolophuses. And, you know, I mean, I like that because, to me... Like Owen Grady is such a Werner Herzog type character. He's more comfortable around, he's more comfortable around dinosaurs than he is people. And I feel like the more you lean into that, the more I like that character, which I feel like that was the direction they were going with in Fallen Kingdom. He was very much the strong and silent type in that movie, which I enjoyed. And we have John Hammond VO, which just like, just put John Hammond VO over stuff. Like you're just going to give it extra gravitas in that way too. And that was the, that was the thing that really surprised me about this too, which is like, you know, he says, I wanted to show them something that was an illusion, something that was real. And that's the thing, like a big mainstream criticism of the, you know, the, 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 you know, the incorrect meme that goes around of like, I can't believe they opened up Jurassic Park five times. And it's like, no, they didn't even open up Jurassic Park once. Yes, they did Jurassic World, but it was open for 10 years. Yeah. You know, we don't want to get into the weeds, but in a weird way, I feel like this quote is really like, why do people keep making dinosaurs? That sort of thing. Like it's almost kind of addressing that point where it's like, because you know, Hammond's a dreamer. We've talked about this a lot. Hammond's dream, you know, and I really, I I just was like that. That was like the first thing in the trailer. Where I was like, obviously seeing the dinosaurs in the snow, but, but that was the other element of like, 
oh, okay. Like if we're going to talk about legacy and things like that and like why we keep doing this, like it was just a very cool, like textual and metatextual reason for why, you know, there's more like, I mean, we don't need reasons, but like, you know, it, it's again, this ties back to that idea of like, you know, why we keep making these movies and stuff like that. So again, we got Owen chasing the Parasaurolophuses and interesting because we see Parasaurolophuses. <laughs> I should know this. It's one of my favorite dinosaurs uh, later in the trailer and they're not with snow. So that, I'll get into that idea of like locales and stuff in a little bit, but inter- just a point to note for later. And then, yeah, so he, you know, we see him get up close and I like this too, because it's a nice reversal of the hunter's image of the Parasaurolophus in the lost world where, you know, we get this beautiful scene of the Parasaurolophus in lost world, but it gets caught and yanked to the ground. And you're just like, no, you know, you hate these guys. And I really like showings. I really like how they show Owen's character here. He's just like a, he just wants to hang out with dinosaurs and he's just gentle. And, you know, these are dinosaurs out in the wild. So it's like, I don't know, to me, all the criticism of like, you know, like at the end of Fallen Kingdom, like there's only 14 dinosaurs loose, just shoot them all. And it's like, guys, come on, like, ugh. like, you know, Parasaurolophuses might cause some damage just as any deer or any other thing might cause damage. Like, let's like lower your weapons, you know, <laughs> come on. So I like that. And yeah, I mean, we're just going to keep going through the pages. So continuing Hammond's VO, he says something that you could see and touch. And we get our first look at glimpse at Macy, Isabella Sermon. She's a little bit older. She's got some sort of like, uh, forgive me if I might pop in my computer every now and then to just forward. Oh, you know, I can bring up the frames here. Um, you're going to hear my process. Uh, well, I'm going to mention it because I took, I did all the work. I, I like screen grabbed a bunch of things using a, like a YouTube plugin. And then I like thought I could just bring them in, but because I did it over a few days, I ended up just having to rename all 118 frames. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if we go in close, uh, we got, oh, yeah, uh, you can't really tell what it's from here, but it's like a heart patch and it looks like there's a dinosaur and it looks like it's a construction site. And boom, we see an Apatosaurus in some sort of snowy environment. You see a lot of these like construction workers stopping to snap photos. Clearly, Macy is like perturbed, but she isn't. She's like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if she set this one free in particular. I wonder if she's thinking about that or if this is a dinosaur that was created by, I mean, this looks like InGen's Apatosaurus, but, and I'm curious how much of the movie will go into that idea. Obviously, Colin has said like, you know, it Mac, Mac versus PC sort of thing with like, now the technology's out of the box, which was the point of Fallen Kingdom. It wasn't that those 14 dinosaurs are going to cause, or a few dozen dinosaurs are going to cause ha- havoc across the world. It's that multiple people are now making dinosaurs and stuff. So, so already we were like, okay, well, that's a different Parasaurolophus, but now here's our InGen Apatosaurus. And yeah, everyone's just kind of like gobsmacked. You know, it's almost like this Apatosaurus seems lost. So, and then. This reveal blew my mind because blew my, oh God. So, and well, okay. So the way the Jurassic World movies have been linked together to me is very similar to the Star Wars trilogy where, you know, you get the end of the new, uh, the new hope, you get it to the end of a new hope and it's like, oh wow, we beat the Death Star, Darth Vader's flying off into nowhere. I wonder what's going to happen. And then we, you know, cut to a few years later, or I think it's like a year or two later in the timeline with the Empire Strikes Back and they're on this new base, but they're on the run still. So it's like, 
I appreciate that we didn't. I think sometimes like we get caught like with the TV, uh, the TV way of storytelling, we expect every little detail to be filled, you know, like in between the events of Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, we see obviously Claire was affected by her experience at Jurassic World. So she becomes, you know, the animal lover and, uh, you know, saver that she is in Fallen Kingdom. So that's the kind of thing, like, that's the stuff I'm thinking about. It's like, if we're picking up three or four years later, like what is like, we're going to get introduced to some new elements that aren't hinted at necessarily, or like, you know, the consequences, I should say, of the narrative. And to me, I had this big thought in my head of like, oh, what if Blue is pregnant in the new movie? <laughs> well, we're just going to blow right by that because we get our introdu- introduction to Beta, aka Baby Blue, which I believe Beta was mentioned in the Lego press release, which I have here as well. But um, I don't know if I saw it anywhere else, but uh, beta, beta, baby blue, <laughs> baby blue. Uh, you see baby blue step out. You see beta step out. This is like a Grogu versus baby Yoda situation. Anyway, you see a couple of shots of just them running in the snow. Again, I, I get the sense that in this trailer or in the events of where we pick up uh, in Dominion that, that Owen and Macy and blue and baby blue are maybe all living together or like Owen and Macy are following uh, Blue around to try and like keep tabs on her and keep her safe. Cause I mean, remember last time we saw Blue, she was in LA, you know, that shot kind of evoking the ET suburbs that Jay Bayona mentioned um, at the end of Fallen Kingdom. But here again, it seems like Macy and Owen and Blue and Beta are all together in the snow somewhere in the north, you know, maybe north of Lockwood Manor. And yeah, this stuff really just like, again, like the thought of, blue having a baby was like i was prepared for that to be like the whole or like one of my ideas in my head of like this is going to be the whole narrative like blue's going to get pregnant like somebody's going to want to weaponize those babies you know something i mean who knows maybe that still could be the case but yeah i just kind of love that they just blew past because to me it's like it's like with um speaking of uh bryce Dallas howard it's like uh, the book of Boba Fett, where, you know, we leave Mandalorian season two with, I guess, spoilers for this, but, you know, we leave Mandalorian season two with Yoda going off or baby Yoda with Grogu going off with, excuse me, going off with Luke Skywalker. And then within like two episodes, he comes back, you know, in the book of Boba Fett. And I kind of appreciate this sort of, uh, let's just, let's just cut to the chase. And then, then now what is the story? So I, I'm already like loving this. And then having John Hammond, you know, having Richard Attenborough's VO creation is an act of sheer will. Life will find a way. And that is definitely the first moment I got choked up in the trailer for sure, because just seeing blue on the log or beta seeing baby blue on the log with blue. And like, yeah, that just like really hit me really hard. And then we have the universal logo in Amber and gotta say, I'm loving this marketing as far as like the look and textures and everything. Like there was some early dominion poster and title stuff that was like more like the classic Jurassic, like flat black and yellow and white stuff. But honestly, the Amber is, mm, I love it. And then again, we have a couple of shots of Macy and Owen. They look like they're reaching out to blue and beta. And yeah, part of me is like, are they just discovering, like, do we discover that blue has a baby along with Owen and Macy and Claire at the start of this film, because Claire says we can't keep her here forever. And Owen Grady says that they find her. We're never going to see her again. And I mentioned this on the podcast with Ben 
but I was thinking about it again and I couldn't find who said it. So let me, uh, forgive me if I'm pulling this, uh, this observation, but you know, the thing about trailers is that there's always a lot of misdirect. There's always like, here's dialogue over scenes to make you think it's one thing, but it's actually the other. And obviously they're showing, you know, we can't keep her forever. They're showing it over blue and in beta, but I think they're talking about Macy. And it's like this idea of like keeping Macy hidden as well, too, because she's the first human clone. And so obviously I'm sure blue is valuable and beta is valuable, but I'm sure for a lot of people, Macy is also valuable. And so then we get our first look at Claire. And again, Owen's like pretty much just looking the same way in every movie. You know, he's just getting even more rugged. Um, but um, and Macy has longer hair. She looks like she's kind of just been roughing it a little bit. Um, and then we get our first look at Claire, who has kind of a really, I like her hair. And I think, cause I think she posted what her hair looked like when they were filming, but I kind of appreciate that her hair has gone from, you know, Jurassic World was this like very like tough bang, you know, the bob and everything. And then, you know, in Fallen Kingdom was this long, loose situation. And now it's almost like a shaggy bob. So I feel like it's kind of like the best of both worlds. You know, who knows for Claire's character, maybe this is, you know, part of her growth is sort of accepting more of who she, all sides of her, you know? I mean, I think Fallen Kingdom does do that, but I, I wonder if they're making it even more explicit here. And again, we get, you know, I wrote, because I was writing the dialogue in my notes, but then I wrote beta, cute squeak. And then we get to hear Ellie Sattler, the voice of Laura Dern. She's back. And again, the thing that I love about Laura Dern's performance as Ellie Sattler and what I love about Ellie Sattler as a character, she was always living in the moment. So she wasn't, she wasn't uh, getting too existential about it. You know, she's not somebody who sits in like, you know, like she's not self-absorbed. She's just very like what's actually happening around her. And so, you know, she just says humans and dinosaurs can't coexist. We created an ecological disaster. And so over this footage, is a Mosasaur, I mean, the Mosasaur, Mosey, um, you know, uh, uh, a Mosasaur announcer, Courtney James Clark, her baby, is uh, attacking a fishing ship. And, you know, it grabs the claw, like the, the cage thing. You see a dude be like, whoa! And then you see the Mosasaur literally bring down the entire ship. And I believe this Mosasaur attack was going to be maybe part of some other opening to Fallen Kingdom or some other version of that film. And thinking about Lost World again, one of my favorite moments is when they find the Parasaurolophus carcass washed up on the beach. So I don't know. For some reason, this made me think of that. Well, no, because I think there was a version of the Lost World where they where they also maybe pull up a Parasaurolophus carcass on a boat in some early version of that script. Anyway... And then we get the classic Rexy roar. We get the shot of the ki- the little redhead and Rexy in front of the drive-in movie theater from the Dominion prologue thing. And then we get this curious shot of somebody walking up to who I think is Ellie Sattler um, in this dig, dig site looking thing. And then we cut to black. And so... So, okay, so the moment we preface this, the the thing that I've said a lot in this podcast is like, I was always curious to know what Emily and Colin thought of the ending of JP3. And my conversation with Omar over the summer made me really hope that when you look at JP3, when you look at that ending, it's Alan Grant falling in love with dinosaurs again. Because to me, all of Grant's problems were caused by, I mean, it's not his fault. I mean, look, 
you run into dinosaurs, you get traumatized. It happens. Um, but I think part of his story is that like, you know, the thing that you love is you no longer love it anymore. It's, it's hard, you know, sometimes when your passion becomes your job, you know, anyway, but the, I had this thought in my head of like, to me, how you would get the other characters involved would be like Claire recruiting them seven samurai style. But I, I, I mean, this doesn't, this trailer doesn't give me any indication other than, well, so we go into, we cut, it's, it looks like Ellie Sattler is in Grant's tent. Like she surprised him like John Hammond did in the original Jurassic Park. Somebody pointed out, um, I think it was, oh, I can't think of who it is right now. I wrote, I wrote it down somewhere, but you can see the raptor flute from JP3 and Camp Cretaceous in Grant's tent because it looks, you know, Grant's obviously surprised in this moment, but we see Ellie Sattler. She's got like a nice long jacket. She's looking sharp, which I love. And then Grant's looking like Grant, you know, JP3 Grant, like just older, wiser. And I mean, yeah, I wrote about, I wrote about this on Twitter, but when, and yeah, I'm going to refer to the numbers here just so we have them, but Jurassic World Twitter, the official Jurassic Twitter did a poll February 14th. So on Valentine's day. So four days after the trailer drops and they say, which moment from the trailer are you most excited to see on screen? And our options are Ellie and Alan reuniting, Dilophosaurus and Claire, Blue and Baby Blue, Owen versus Atrociraptors, which is now we have a new name for, uh, you know, some of the creatures we see later in the trailer. But it it just blew my mind. It doesn't doesn't blow my mind that much, I guess. But it feels like vindication, vindicated that Ellie and Alan reuniting won with 60, 60.3% of the vote with 14 over 14,000 votes. And I, yeah, I was saying on Twitter that I think for a lot of us who were kids of divorce and to me, Spielberg, Spielberg's overall, uh, you know, his films. And I think the Jurassic franchise as a whole has been a really has done a lot for me. Uh, you know, as somebody whose parents are divorced, it's done a lot for me in that regard of like normalizing it, you know, each movie, there's some divorced or splitting up action happening all the time and sort of, you know, the life finds a way and it, just all that stuff I always felt like was such a bomb for kids like me. And so I think there's a reason why that react, why, El, Al, why Ellie and Alan reuniting just means so much to people. I think it's like, a, it, it feels like mom and dad are getting back together. And regardless of, what happens between them in this movie, I think that the the attitude at which they're approaching it, which is like, so clearly they haven't seen each other in a long time because, you know, it's like a surprise that, that Ellie is there. And, she, you know, Alan says, you didn't come um, out all this way just to catch up now, did you? And then Ellie says, you come in, you, you know, you come in or what? And it's just like, to me, this is like, better and more realistic in a sense, you know, because it is that idea of like, we don't, we didn't like, we didn't need to open this movie and like cut to like Ellie and Alan, just like happily living together. Like that would just feel false. Like, uh, so to me, it was always like, how are they going to approach this? And I just, I'm already like down with this angle. Like they haven't seen each other in a long time, but for some reason, Ellie is on a mission and needs Grant. Ugh. Like already, 
you've heard, like <laughs> my bones are cracking from just being this excited. Um, my fossils are cracking, but the, it's just like just the looks and everything. And it's just perfect. Like you come in or what? Because again, like, the thing about Ellie Sattler, she's a troll. She loves to like ha- most of Jurassic Park is her just poking and prodding Grant in ways that are very funny and very flirtatious and charming. And, you know, she gives just as much as she gets from Malcolm. And she is, you know, you know, obviously takes everything very seriously, but she still knows how to have fun. So to me, like you come in or what, like it, it they got it. They got her, you know, they got Dr. Ellie Sattler. And it just, it just brings me so much joy to see. Laura Dern back in that role again. I it, it feels like we've all been waiting for an Ellie Sattler solo Jurassic movie in the sense that like Lost World was Malcolm, you know, JP through his grants. So maybe Dominion, or at least according to when Laura Dern was introduced by Colin Trevorrow at the Collider screening of Battle at Big Rock in 2019, which I was attend, which you can go back and listen to those reactions. But, you know, when they announced that Laura Dern was coming back, not a cameo, uh, you know, would have a substantial role like Oh, this just gives me so much hope that, I mean, again, it's, this is all just speculation and whatever, but like the thought that the, like Dominion could be like that, that, that Ellie Sattler is a pillar to this narrative is just very exciting. So, um, yeah, tr- truly just moved so much by that. And just the looks that everyone gives cut to this summer. And then this shot just like, like already first, you know, beta baby blue, then the interaction between Ellie and Alan. And then the third, like, and then we jump into one of the most gorgeous shots in the entire franchise period with the Parasaurolophuses galloping along with the horses. Like, yeah, I'm getting teared up right now. Just thinking about it. It's just so breathtaking. And I don't know where that was filmed, but my mom lives in central Oregon, just outside of Bend. And there's just a very, like, Three Sisters mountain range, if anyone's familiar. Like, it is, and there's actually, like, this really cool, like, I don't know if it's brass or copper, but this beautiful sculpture of, like, wild horses in motion. So every time, like, when my mom would pick me up from the airport or whatever, when I'd visit, like, you see this beautiful horse statue thing, and this evokes that, too. So, like, it was just another layer of, like, oh, my heart. And, like... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When I talk about like a good dinosaur movie and I talk about being moved by this stuff, like this is what I'm talking about. Like this is the kind of imagery that I've like waited my whole life for.
Um, and then we get Malcolm. We're racing towards the extinction of our species. He's back in uh, scientific expert um, witness mode that he was in Fallen Kingdom. Um, but before we see him, we get our first glimpse at not only Claire, but a Therizinosaurus, which is... I believe it's an omnivore. I always thought it was a Vegisaurus, personally. But um, what's interesting about it, and you see a little bit in some of the shots when Claire's like crawling in the mud, like Rambo style, um, it has these very long spiky claws that I think it would use to like dig at trees and stuff. But it's feeling very hostile. And then you get a, and then you get a look at Owen, and then our first look in the trailer at Dewanda Wise, aka Kayla Watts. And we're in a very Isla Sorna, temperate, rainforesty style jungle. Claire, the thing that you, Bryce Dallas Howard is such a thankless actor because even in this trailer, she's like put through the ringer. And I just appreciate Bryce Dallas Howard so much. She's been such a champion of the franchise. And I feel like, again, part of me is like, why is she not as heavily featured in this trailer? And I'm wondering if maybe her, because we're not, we haven't seen Deach and Lockman's character. We haven't seen, um, we haven't seen Scott Hayes's character, Dotson. We haven't seen Mamadou Athi and then any of the returning cast. So it's like, is her role it, it kind of spoilery in that sense? Where like, like, cause I feel like that's what trailers do. It's like you try to avoid some of the major, major plot beats that would sort of give away the whole movie. You know, here we're getting a sense of what's happening, but we don't really. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily know what the plot is of Dominion from this trailer. It's like, hmm, it looks like, it looks like Blue's in trouble. But then what is, you know, what's the rest of it? You know, so, um, so this stuff with the Therizinosaurus is very intriguing. And then we get this great shot of the Therizinosaurus, like, growling in the water. And we see Claire, like, underwater, like, holding her breath, terrified for her life. And you're just like, what? Like, what is the context of this? You know? And then we finally get a glimpse at, Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum, and this time he has no beard. So I love that we, you know, that Grant has become the grizzled, you know, man uh, over time. And then Malcolm has clean shaven again, looks very much, you know, if Fallen Kingdom's Malcolm was kind of a mix of Jurassic and Lost World Malcolm, this Malcolm looks more in the vein of the original Jurassic, I would say. Still very handsome. And then... We, it's funny. This is like the one still like, hmm. It's just, it says DNA delivery simulation. So let's go, let's go to the, because the printouts are like a few, I didn't print them each one per page because I'm not insane, but let's go to, I even color coded this because ADHD, I guess. But, um, okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. That's, here we go. So it says, yeah. So if I get a close up on this still, it looks like Macy is looking at the computer because, in the right-hand corner, you can see somebody's, like, longish brown hair. And, you, like, you see her hoodie, the shape of her hoodie, which, again, is reinforced by the Lego sets. So, yeah, you see the red on her hoodie, which is reinforced by the Lego set. And, yeah, it's something to do with, like, swapping out DNA. So, is that her DNA? It says BRCA2-201 Exxon 1 DNA Delivery Sim... You know, it's all very vague, something to do with DNA, which is, of course, when we get our reveal of Dr. Henry Wu. And I love you, Brad, but Wu doesn't look like an evil mastermind in this shot. Wu looks like he he's done a deal with the devil and now he's 
he's the the uh, as uh, Mordo says in the Doctor Strange trailer, the bill is due. And I think Wu's going to pay for the madness that he's caused. And he doesn't look like a proud evil scientist here. He's got this like nice, sensible cardigan. He's got long hair, gray. Like this, if anything, feels like was it Inspector where they have the villain from Casino Royale, like Mr. White, like kind of. I, I or when I think about Shang Chi with with Ben Kingsley's like I love when franchises bring back old villains to almost be like it's like the Saruman kind of thing where it's like the disgraced villain that has to help the hero you know and so to me that's always what that slapping my hands that's the angle that I've always want like that's that to me is where I saw Wu's journey it's like he's somebody who you know was who flew too close to the sun. You know, in that sense, because he was not respected in his time, he took his stature, his sort of legacy achievements for granted when he was with Misrani. And then he really had to deal with the devil when he worked with Mills. And and, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I'm so curious to to where he's at in this. I mean, maybe he's like helping Biosyn because he's disgraced, you know, and so it's like. His villainy has even like dig like that kind of villainy has like been driven further because he has nowhere to go, you know. So well, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Do you like evil mastermind Wu or sort of like man who got caught up in his own, uh, you know, in his own sort of sense of self or whatever? So, um, and then we get a great sequence with Claire again, thankless role where she's being chased by what I believe is an, a, a few atrociraptors in Malta. So again, with the locations, it's like snow, you know, sort of suburban. And then we go to, you know, Isla Sorna style rainforest, like temperate rainforest forest kind of thing. And then now we're like in the beautiful island, like country, um, like, but like old school kind of like European architecture. Um, you know, Claire's literally running on rooftops away, uh, from these atrociraptors. And I just thought of the rise, um, the rise of Skywalker joke because, you know, as Claire's jumping from rooftop to rooftop and the raptors are chasing her, we get the shot of the raptor, but like from a, from below. And it's like, they fly now, they fly now. Um, but this just reminds me so much of, um, and again, go listen to my chat with Ben over uh, at the Jurassic Park podcast. But the the Jurassic Park novels are so rich with material, and one there's this, there's a there's a few scenes on the rooftop near the end with Wu and uh, Doctor Harding, who has a much bigger role in the novel, and Ellie Sattler, where they're where they're where they're on the rooftop of a hotel, and so they're jumping uh, away from raptors on a rooftop, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we might actually get this kind of thing with different characters and in a different context, but sort of the imagery of 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 a you know of a raptor chasing somebody off a roof, so that is very cool, a nice little allusion to the novel. And then we cut to black and we get experience the epic conclusion, because, again, this is supposed to wrap up, you know, Jurassic Park, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World Dominion. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And again, I'm just so curious what that means in a larger sense, like what are going to be the sort of nods or story plot points from 
say Lost World or JP3 that'll be carried over? What are those elements? It's, you know, to me, when you're tying things together, it's not just about Easter eggs and references. It's about like, you know, when we think about the way like Thor the Dark World was used in Avengers Endgame, it's like it took this mediocre Marvel film from phase two and sort of made it really not only essential, but but sort of made me appreciate it more and even gave like great dialogue and, and new scenes with Rene Russo, who is so underutilized in the Thor movies. It just was like, so, you know, there's part of me, I'm not like holding out tons of hope, but I'm like, what elements from Lost World and JP3 could be taken and used? And I'll, there's one thing I'm thinking about, but I'll get into it in a second, because the, so the next shot after the, you know, epic conclusion card is we see this facility like in the mountain. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut to this. I'm going to jump to the screen shot here just so I can, uh, you know, zoom in and get a little bit closer. It's very Jurassic World evolution-y looking. Um, it reminds me a lot of actually, I forget which, was it Spectre as well too? The, in the South American mountains, there's like kind of, or, or this almost reminds me of like the Apple headquarters. Um, you know, in that sense, but it's, yeah, this building and it's got like, it's kind of like hidden, you know, from the top. Cause it's like a green rooftop and there's like a big waterway entrance. There's some guard towers and we see a helicopter, like a gyrocoptery thing arriving and there's like a waterfall. And so uh, I guess spoilers, if you haven't seen Camp Cretaceous season four, but in, in that season, there is an island that has sort of an environment swapping. Uh, it, the The island is environment swapping. Like they've almost like tear from the island for it to be like, here's the snow zone. Here's the desert zone. Here's the blah, blah, blah. It's very Westworld to me, which is why I love season four of Camp Cretaceous. Shout out. Listen to my interview with Scott Kramer, who's the showrunner. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that was, I think, the last episode I put out in December last year. But uh, yeah, so this to me is like our first like plot. Like, OK, what is this facility? Where are we going? Um, I think I believe most people know by now that Campbell Scott is going to be uh, playing Dotson. You know, Dotson, we got Dotson here from Jurassic Park. Like that character is coming back. And Biosyn, which has never been officially named in canon in Jurassic Park, is going to feature heavily or feature in some way in Dominion. So part of me is like, is this Biosyn facility? Like, what's going on here? You know, are we going to get a live action Haley Joe Osment as Cash? Maybe not. Probably not. Wait, how did season four end again? Um, anyway, so yeah, so this is, and then we get a shot of Grant, like again, classic. I wonder if he falls asleep again and it's like Alan, but it's in Laura Dern's voice. That would be amazing. But anyway, he's, he's, he's looking, you know, cleaned up. Like, but is this, is he, is this shot from him leaving with, Ellie Sattler? Is it him even looking at this facility? Again, trailers just, you know, say a lot of things, but um, he looks very concerned. <laughs> He's like, please, no more dream of raptors. Um, and then we get our first look at, uh, which again, I have to find the Lego thing because I feel like, I think this is the pyro. No, you know, this might not even be in one of the Lego sets, but I believe this might be the pie raptor, <laughs> delicious pie raptor, but it's a feathered Theropod. Ah, you know, we get our first look at a feathered theropod. It basically looks like a velociraptor, but it's got wings. They fly now. You know, get it. Of course, you get a close up of the toe. You see Kayla 
aka DeWanda Wise and uh, aka you you see DeWanda Wise's character Kayla and Owen Grady. Owen's holding a knife, um, you know, his classic knife from all the movies. And DeWanda's got like a Kayla's got like a stun hand thing or whatever. And it looks the the facility looks kind of reminiscent to almost the Raptor containment facility in Jurassic World with kind of like the the walkways and everything like that, but they're standing on ice. And then the the Pyraptor, Pyroraptor, whatever, it lunges at them towards the camera. So again, witness the epic. The title cards go to you know, witness the what was it? Um, experience the epic conclusion. Then we get the next title card of the Jurassic era, and then you get Laura Dern, Ellie Sattler, dressed up in an outfit very reminiscent of her Jurassic Park getup with the sort of tied. Uh, you know, pinkish uh, shirt and the tank top. Uh, you know, I've dressed up like uh, Ellie Sattler uh, a couple times. Um, she's with another woman. They're on a barn. And then there's kids running away from a cloud. And I'm like, are these the nanobots from Prey? Um, but maybe it's maybe it's the arrival of other flying dinosaurs because that cloud doesn't that that swarm doesn't look like uh, dinosaurs to me. But so very curious because, you know, I think a big part of the Jurassic Park and Lost World novels that hasn't been translated to the films as far as like Crichton-y goes is sort of, I don't know, the notions of like disease and sort of the effects on the genetic tampering to the environment. And I feel like we're getting clues to this movie introducing those elements as a way to, you know, it's kind of like with Planet of the Apes. And I haven't seen all the movies in that rebooted franchise, but you know, it wasn't just the apes that took over. There was like a disease that helped, you know, mitigate humans so that the apes could take over. And I wonder if there's maybe another element of like disease being introduced into the environment. And that's how the dinosaurs are able to populate because humans are preoccupied with this other <laughs> pandemic going on or whatever. So, um, yeah, interesting developments there. Again, that this is another, these couple shots here are like, Hmm. What is this? Like, I don't think we're seeing we're we're seeing just the tip of the iceberg in a sense with what those images are. And then we got a great uh, exchange between Claire and Owen. Come back, and Owen's like, "I always come back," which I appreciate because, and I think I appreciate it more the more I watch Fallen Kingdom. But it's almost like, you know, you know, stop breaking up the main characters just to have this like, will they or won't they? Um, I don't know if that's necessarily what's happening in uh, Dominion. But because I get the sense that like, because Owen's not the people person, <laughs> he's like, I will watch over Macy. I'll just be a cool dad, single dad type person. We're not even single, but like, I'll be the cool dad and hang out with Macy in the woods and watch over the wild animals there while Claire is off going on missions and stuff like that. You know, she's, she wants to be the, the globetrotter. Uh, but this, I don't like, where is this scene? Why is she telling him to come back? I always come back. Like, no context in the scene whatsoever. It's like an indoor facility. Is it at this facility that we see, you know, the big shot of in the trailer? Truly, like, no context there. So, curious about that. And then we get a great sequence of Owen racing in the streets of Malta um, on his motorcycle. Like... You know, the, the, you know, I think it was very memed, but, you know, Owen on the motorcycle with the Raptor squad was generally like a very cool moment in Jurassic World. And it was almost like a shame that they couldn't do that more. And, you know, the thing that I love about the Lost World is all the Sarah Harding and motorcycle stuff and like 
Kelly holding on to Sarah and shooting the the Raptor to try and get the keys to unlock Arby from the high hide and all that stuff. Like, so I'm not this thing. That's what's going on here. But I just, you know, if we're going to get if we're going to show somebody on, you know, on a motorcycle racing with dinosaurs, like, let's do let's do more of it, you know, because uh, it's fun. And so I think I was saying earlier about introducing elements from Lost World or JP3, I think because there's leaks set photos and stuff like clear pictures, like you can kind of see it in some of these shots that one of the raptors is orange and one of them is white. And so, and then there was the official uh, set photo from Colin Trevorrow way back where it showed a box that said site B on it, like DNA container, like aesthetic. And so part of me, like every franchise has done a de-aging sequence now at this point. And so part of me is like, are we going to get a flashback to 93? Maybe some DNA was stolen from Wu and, you know, he or, or somebody, uh, you know, Dotson undercut somebody like, so maybe these raptors contain the DNA of like the raptors from Lost World and JP3, the different tribes of raptors, the the tiger striped ones from Lost World and the, um, I mean, just really cool raptors from JP3, the sort of blue and black and red alpha ones or uh, the blue and yeah, the blue and black and red uh, males and then the alpha female, which is all white and black. So these raptors or atrociraptors or whatever, or whatever they are, uh, <laughs> uh, contain some, there's some visual elements from there. So I'm wondering if, if that's going to be a reveal. But what happens, you know, in the reveal here is we have Owen racing in the streets of Malta. And then all of a sudden he comes out of like a, of a small, you know, into a plaza. Uh, you know, it looks like maybe a museum square or something like that. If anybody knows where that is in Malta, if it's like a specific place, uh, let me know. But we literally see an Allosaurus and a Carnotaurus just like, Ugh! like, I'm wondering, like, because I know another another early shot we saw behind the scenes of Dominion, which we haven't seen too much. So each one, I feel like, is, you know, sort of contributing to the puzzle. But, you know, obviously Fallen Kingdom had this black market scene near the end. And I'm wondering if there's going to be more stuff like that, because we saw um, a shot of uh, this artist cleaning up or, you know, uh, film camera ready the compsognathuses that were in these like cages. So I'm wondering if there's like some secret deal going on in Malta and Owen and Claire maybe have come to like break it up or, or to just investigate. And so these dinosaurs weren't meant to be loose in the streets of Malta, but somebody sabotaged it or something like that. So um, again, cool dinosaur motorcycle action. Yeah, it would really suck to be a tourist that day. And then we cut to black and then we get our other like sort of elongated sequence. That's not a montage, which it is DeWanda Wise again, Kayla and Owen and Claire. They're in a plane. It looks like a very this feels very Indiana Jones to me. I wonder if that's Kayla's character that she's like this. Oh, hey, Penny, you joining me for the rest of the analysis? But uh, I wonder if her character is like the steward of this, you know, the pilot of this plane and she's agreed to take them to this hidden facility or something. So it's like, I wonder if, you know, because the the shot of Grant in the plane or whatever he was in, it looked way more official, whereas like this trailer or this um, plane looks like her plane looks a little jankier, whereas like at least from what we could tell from the frame of Grant, it looked like he was in like a much cleaner like engine style like plane or copter or something like that. So I wonder if 
yeah, maybe Owen and Claire are going to rescue Grant and Sattler, but maybe they want to be there. I don't know. So, um, but again, it's, it's, you know, uh, that's another plane, right? And then uh, Kayla's like, not exactly. And then we get the claws through the plane or through the plane's window, cut to Quetzalcoatlus on the airplane, ripping apart the engine. And for those who don't know, Quetzalcoatlus is my favorite flying reptile. And it is the biggest, biggest flying thing to ever exist. Like one of the biggest creatures to ever exist. It's just, you know, think your pterodactyls, your pteranodons, but just big and there if you like google quetzalcoatlus like you'll get a lot of like when it talks about like size comparisons you get a lot of them like taller than giraffes kind of thing like i feel like as far as as like to scale you know and we we saw them first in the prologue to dominion and it does look different than the ones in the dominion thing because obviously the prologue to dominion takes place 65 million years ago so obviously these dinosaurs, which I mentioned earlier in the analysis, like it's not just engine making, you know, dinosaurs. And again, it's like, you know, big debate in, you know, throughout the franchises, are these dinosaurs, are these John Hammond's monster, you know, theme park monsters, blah, blah, blah. So these are, these look different than the ones, you know, than the originals, quote unquote. Um, yeah. Interesting. And yeah, it <laughs> proceeds to tear down the plane. We see a fly away. We see Claire like open air as a Jurassic World style pteranodon flies past her when she. Oh, I am so excited to see this. See, like, and even the types of sequences in this trailer are nuts. Like, we get sneaking away from a dinosaur. We get dinosaurs wreaking havoc in towns. We get you know um, chase through the streets and vehicles. We get planes crashes. And then we cut to our montage, which we see Nasutoceratops sigh. We see a bunch of Nasutoceratops from Battle of Big Rock and the Prologue to Dominion. We see them knocking over cars in the dark. And one thing I noticed, because again, the baby Nasutoceratops played such a heavy role in the Battle of Big Rock short film, we see a baby there too. So when the, like the adult knocks over the car in the dark, you see the baby like scampering along, like, me too. I'm going to try. Um, and then, yeah, these are all very quick shots from here. We're almost done. I was, I, yeah, broken hour. Hell yeah. Um, uh, it's a trap. It's a trap. Um, we see it's very quick, but it looks like, uh, but when I pause it, Beta is like looking at a fur. So maybe somebody's trying to kidnap Beta, baby blue. And then we see blue looking like, no. And yeah, I can't tell if that truck is meant to be like Owen and Macy or if that's like poachers. And then we get this great shot, and I don't even know what the dinosaur is. Is it the Giganotosaurus, which we see at the end of the trailer? But Macy is in, it evokes the Lost World and the High Hide in the book, where Arby was, like, captured by the raptors and, like, tossed around in this, like, High Hide cage. But we see Macy in a cage as, like, Jaws totally envelop her. And you're just like, what is this dinosaur? Why is Macy in this cage? And then... I should have looked this up before doing this, but I, I think it's fine. Um, we get a shot of Ellie Sattler and Claire Deering together in sort of the blue lighting and almost what looks like the, the door from Jurassic Park when Nedry went and stole the embryos. And I'm like, is this the original, you know, are we going back to Nublar in some fashion or is this facility meant to evoke those designs and things like that, like whether it's in gen literally or bios and, you know, stealing the technology or whatever. 
And then we get a quick shot of, I mean, this shot's great too, of Owen full, you know, ex-military mode with his gun. We see Grant like holding, you know, I'm going to get the full color of that. We see Grant, uh, did my mouse tie? Anyway, uh, <laughs> we see Grant. Oh, here we go. Oh, blue gets captured. Baby blue. Yeah. So like the blue lighting to me really evokes from the Claire and uh, Ellie Sattler. That really evokes uh, the the embryo storage room from Jurassic Park that Nedry uh, was in. And then, yeah, we get this great shot of Owen's got like a gun that looks very similar to the one he had in Fallen Kingdom. Or it's it's not exactly the same, but it reminds me a lot of like those kind of weapons. It's got like a sniper thing. And then uh, Grant has a wrench. He's got a freaking wrench and, and Macy's in the middle. And it looks like Owen and Grant are looking one direction. Macy's looking another. They're surrounded by tons of pipes behind them. Very much uh, reminiscent of like... I mean, it's not reminiscent at all of like the bunker stuff from Jurassic Park, but it's like those kind of vibes. And yeah, so like the thing I, I like took a couple of screen grabs from this moment because, yeah, Grant and and Owen are looking one way. And then as the shot quickly progresses again, it's very short. Uh, Owen is now looking the same direction as Macy and Macy's like at the ready. So I'm like, oh, are they surrounded? And then... Like, you know, another reason why I love Camp Cretaceous season four is we got at the very end spoilers. We got the reveal of the Dilophosaurus's back for the first time since the original Jurassic Park. But on screen in the film, the return of the Dilophosaurus. It's an animatronic. It looks beautiful. It obviously doesn't look exactly like the original animatronic, but whatever. It's a freaking Dilophosaurus. And, you know, Claire has one of the best screams in the franchise, her original run in Jurassic World, like, sends chills down my spine. And we have this beautiful, like, if there's a dinosaur that you run face to face against, you don't want to do a Dilophosaurus. And I think about it a lot because I think maybe a, not a similar analog, but like, well, uh, well, in college in Santa Barbara, like there were skunks everywhere, as well as raccoons and stuff like that. But um, I just, and even in LA too, like, I feel like I've always had a couple close calls with skunks where like I'll be going one like down the street or like going to my apartment after parking at night and then I'll turn a corner. And I remember one time like turning a corner and a skunk was right there. It was like a cartoon where both of us were like, ah, you know, like and I, this moment is like terrifying, but also kind of hilarious. Where like Claire is like screaming with the best of them as the Stilophosaurus like pops out at her uh, because, you know, I don't know. It's just delightful. There's just something like. You know, and if you think about it, the Dilophosaurus scene in Jurassic Park is probably the most highly elevated moment. I mean, Nedra does the like the <laughs> Spielberg added the or Gary Reichstein, I'm sure, like added that little slide whistle slip, you know. So, like, I appreciate there's some comedic elements. I appreciate that there's there's some comedic element in this moment as well. I think purposeful. I mean, there's just something funny about the idea of like f being that close to a dinosaur. That's like terrifying, but also funny because it's just unexpected. Um we cut to black and we get our hero shot where we see Grant and Malcolm and Owen and Claire and Ellie Sattler and Macy and Kayla. So we have like this, this like six up. Um, it's beautiful. There's an upside down car behind them. They're kind of in a jungly environment. Again, it almost seems like there's this, this, um, meeting of like jungle and artificial. You know, because the there's like gravel, but it feels like structured 
And yeah, everyone's just looking off into the forest. Um, of course, Grant and Owen both say, don't move. And then uh, again, I caught another frame because I feel like uh, Kayla's the only one that sort of like is acknowledging the fact that they both say it at the same time, but also, uh, you know, I don't know what her role is or what her character is or her experience with dinosaurs, you know, once, you know, when she's introduced in the story, but maybe she's like, oh yeah, that advice or like, yeah, it's just, I, I wanted to note it because I just thought it was a very, she has such an interesting reaction to them saying don't move or is everyone else is like eyes locked forward. And then, yeah, we get our reveal of the Giganotosaurus, which was the the dinosaur, the super predator that kills Rex, or you know, original Rexy in the uh, prologue to Dominion. So, and now we get the modern day, you know, in, in, you know, engineered version of that predator. And you can't really tell from the trailer because it's so dark. And again, we're we're sort of back in that sort of temperate rainforest environment but there's like fire everywhere so like what was this an explosion what happened you know is this like after the plane crash but the plane crash looked like it was in a snowy environment so you know who knows this giant super predator starts to walk out and malcolm is saying bigger why does it always have to be bigger again sort of acknowledging the you know an issue or like a thing with the drastic franchise where it's like yeah if you're if you're just making bigger and bigger dinosaurs or hybrids like is that diluting the impact you know, it, like dinosaurs are more than just monsters. You know, it's something that this franchise has always grappled with. And I, I think it's I think this trailer is like kind of approaching a lot of criticisms in ways that. Yes, Penny, it is. It's a very thoughtful analysis. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I appreciate this trailer because it is sort of lightly touching metatextually on some of these things, um, you know, issues with the franchise or, or questions people have a lot of times or like, why do they always do this or whatever? So I appreciate this trailer, you know, ending with that because it's like, and I think it, it works because there's so much else going on in this trailer that it can allow space for this criticism without it undermining the entire thing, I I think. But we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, Malcolm is wearing black. We got Grant in a nice, you know, Canadian tuxedo, you know, uh, denim shirt. And I can't tell if if Ellie is. Wow, that tripped me up just saying that, like, oh, yeah, this is Ellie. Like, ugh. Laura Dern is wearing the outfit from the second part of the trailer where she's wearing sort of the homage to her original Jurassic outfit. I can't quite tell her if it's a new outfit. And then, yeah, we get this wider shot that's like a rack focus where like the whole hillside looks like it's on fire and there's some facility or is it a vehicle or an elevator? It looks like it's an elevator. Like, like, uh, you know, the thing that was cool about Westworld when I watched it was was like, how do you show when people go from, you know, in and out of the park, like in a way that is like blending with the environment? Not that this blends in the environment at all, but it's like it's like a pillar yeah, it looks like a it looks like some sort of like elevator shaft, maybe. Or is it a vehicle or like a crane? I can't really tell. But the whole hillside's on fire. This might be that where that facility is. That I'm if I had to take an educated guess, that's where I'm thinking. But also in this shot, it looks like the vehicle's not flipped over yet. And then yeah, it looks like it looks like Ellie's wearing a different outfit than the one that she wore in the the other two scenes so that's interesting like ellie sattler got is, has gotten a couple of wardrobe changes in this movie and then yeah it stomps its foot down get the swell in theaters june 10th and 
What a ride, everybody. That was... (laughs) I think I only stopped to drink water a couple of times. Anyway, let's take a quick break, come back. I'll I'll, I'll dive into some Lego stuff. Um, But that's pretty much it. But just a couple extra things to close it out and some additional thoughts. Um, But yeah, let's take a quick break and come back. What a ride. That was very exciting. And yeah, that was fun actually like going frame by frame. I feel like I kind of, I mean, we were getting into the weeds a little bit, but yeah, I'm so curious what, what this movie is going to be because it is such a different beast um, than any other Jurassic movie because, you know, the returning cast is just as big, if not bigger than the new cast, you know, traditionally in Jurassic Park sequels, you have one returning main character and a couple of cameos essentially sprinkled throughout or sprinkled in the beginning, really. But this movie, we have Owen and Claire, Macy, Wu, Ellie, Alan, Malcolm, Barry, Zia and Franklin, Dotson, like, what? What? And uh, Rexy Blue and the Mosasaur. So like in Apatosaurus Joe, we we all know Apatosaurus Joe. Uh, But yeah, so like just that alone, like it's not even just being off the mainland. It's just that that alone creates a whole new dynamic. Like I think that to me is the most interesting thing is like character dynamic wise, we are going to be experiencing something that has never happened before in Jurassic and It's now been a couple of years, but Forbes put out an article talking about the Jurassic franchise in the sense of like, you know, this says, you know, the end to an era, whatever. But obviously they're not done making Jurassic movies, but it's just, you know, we're finished with Owen and Claire, I think, as far as story goes. But the way that they talked about the Jurassic franchise is that maybe they are pivoting in a similar way that the Fast and the Furious franchise pivoted, where it was this sort of collection of disparate sequels. But then I think either in like Fast 4 or 5 or whatever, they like sort of consolidated everything, sort of took everything from the original movies and sort of, okay, what are, sort of rejiggered it, put it in this beautiful package, and then sort of gave new life to the franchise to continue forward. And so I think that's a big thing that I'm thinking about in regards to the future of the Jurassic franchise, where it's like, oh, this movie is bringing back all these characters, bringing back all these elements. I think because it's like, I don't, I don't think this is one and done. Maybe Dotson's done in this, or, you know, we bring him back just to kill him or whatever. But like, I feel like you don't bring back all these people just to like finish them because, you know, frankly, we, we don't have like that much of a connection. I mean, you know, I, I love Franklin and Zia, but they've only been in one movie and Barry has only been in one movie and like, you know, uh, bringing back uh, Alan and Ellie just for like, just for a swan. Like, it just feels like if anything, this movie could be used to pivot so that, you know, I, I keep, I keep gunning for, you know, a sequel like the, you know, the next Jurassic trilogy to be directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And it focuses on Macy and, you know, whatever adventure she goes on. And then you can have now that we've reintroduced all the 
like main Jurassic characters, you know, including side characters and stuff, we can have people pop in and out. We can have Jake Johnson come back because, you know, scheduling wise, I don't think it ended up working out with this movie with um, Lowry to come back. But like, why couldn't you have him be a side character in the Macy movies or, you know, why couldn't Julian Moore finally come back and reprise a role as Sarah Harding and, you know, be like a mentor to Macy or something, you know, it, it, to me, it feels like Dominion is bringing everybody back because we can pivot to more adventures if we show how much we love the characters, you know, in this story or whatever. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. What did you think of the trailer? Are you hyped? Are you excited? What did you want to see more of? What are you surprised by? Like Baby Blue, seeing Alan and Ellie already, like... I don't feel like, I mean, again, you, you never know how spoilery things are until after the fact. Um, but I felt like this was, I felt like this was like the perfect trailer. I think this is like one of the best trailers in all of the Jurassic Park stuff. I mean, nothing beats the original or like the Lost World teaser. But I think as far as like a classic trailer goes, this might be like the best trailer of all. Really? I don't know. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, I was going to go into the Lego stuff, but uh, I don't know. It Lego stuff is always interesting because like they don't want to spoil stuff. So they sort of make up moments. I mean, you know, the there's a whole line of Camp Cretaceous Jurassic Lego where apparently Owen and Claire are like along for the ride the whole time. So there's like an old alternate uh, universe where Owen and Claire were also heavily involved in Camp Cretaceous. So I feel like you have to take it all with a grain of salt. But I do find it interesting that we have have the, the the thing to me that I think and, and the thing that was like most interesting to a lot of people was, I mean, we do get a set, uh, a green T-Rex with Zia and Owen. So that's interesting. Macy's heavily featured in the Lego. She's got a cool bike action. And then, the you know, uh, uh, the thing that to me stands out is that there's this constant appearance of this character, Rain Delacorte. And... Um, as well as in another set, um, there's a character named Soyona Santos. And so uh, just based on casting and things like that, a lot of people are guessing that Rain is Scott Hayes, uh, um, an actor from movies I haven't seen. Uh, not to say that he's not good or anything. I just haven't seen him in anything because I don't watch that much stuff you know, these days, but, uh, um, and then Deach and Lachman, um, is playing Sayona Santos. And, um, again, Kayla Watts's name, uh, uh, DeWanda Wise's character is in a set and that's confirmed here. So, you know, as far as like characters announced who don't have names attributed to them yet, Rain Delacorte, you know, could be attributed to Scott Hayes and Sayona Santos could be attributed to Deach and Lockman. Um, the, the, uh, the character of Rain Delacour. I mean, the names are insane. Like, I don't think people appreciate how insane Colin Trevorrow is with the naming. Um, or Emily, I guess who, yeah, maybe Emily made that, but, uh, it's very insane and fun. And he looks very much like a winter soldier type. He's like a knockoff winter soldier type, which just, I, I love that idea. And when I was chatting with, Ben about the lost world and elements that we might see, you know, taken and used in, uh, you know, this movie, I was like, well, Dotson has lackeys, you know, we were all talking about this. And then I think Brad was saying on Twitter, it's like, 
Well, Dotson has lackeys, you know, I mean, Dotson's not featured anywhere in the trailer or anything like that. So I'm, I think that's going to be an exciting reveal, but that's also why part of me thinks that maybe Claire and Dotson have like a lot of screen time together and some, and Mamadou Athi as well too. So like, I wonder if that trio is, is they just don't want to reveal that yet or something like that. So, but, um, you know, we were surmising that like, you know, if Dotson has lackeys, well, then you could use characters like Howard King and George Basilton from the Lost World novel. And, you know, even if, you know, obviously, obviously, if, um, you know, Scott Hayes is confirmed to be Rain Delacourt, that doesn't necessarily mean that they couldn't take uh, elements from those characters. You know, Howard King, the disgraced rock star scientist, uh, and, you know, George Basilton, the like Weasley, uh, you know, uh, obsessed uh you know biologist or whatever like uh because again like franklin and zia's interactions were rb and kelly from the lost world novel so they could you know cherry pick stuff like that so um yeah that's it really yeah i mean the lego sets look great i might get them all because um they they are so much cooler so much more interesting lots of like breakaway elements and the, the kind of things that i love about lego um you know you know as much as i like the dinosaur lego like I felt like with the earlier sets, they were always sacrificing the, the, the builds for like Lego figures. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I want, I want a Lego set to like do fun stuff. So, so I'm very excited for that. And yeah, just lastly, I watched Emily Carmichael react to the trailer. I'll put a link to it. It's so amazing. Uh, it's just like, it's because as a screenwriter, you're just, you know, you write the movie, you're involved in maybe rewrites, maybe you get to view the edit. But a lot of times, if you're the writer, you kind of just have to let your baby go the moment it hit, you know, hits the page. And I don't think she's mentioned how involved she was in the shooting of it. And I know because of COVID, like, so who knows if she even got to be on set a bunch. But yeah, just seeing her reaction was such a joy. And yeah, I, everyone let me know what you think. Um, got a lot of big stuff planned. This is the officially the road to Dominion. I'm very excited. And let me know what you think of the trailer. Let me know what kinds of topics and videos that you want to see. I have this interview with the screenwriter of Land Before Time, which I'm finally going to put out soon, soon, soon. Uh, sorry for the delay. Um, yeah, follow me uh, at Seamaray Morris, SGRPod on Twitter, CDRASCRAD on Instagram. Everything's going to just, just going to ramp up. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here with you. Chatting Jurassic World Dominion and more. Thank you again, everyone. And yeah, hold on to your butts. 2022, baby. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.